Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Geno's Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Groot-Nibblink, and I'll be your host. I've got my guy Blake here with me, as always. Blake, how are we feeling tonight? Uh, we're feeling all right. Yeah, we were, we were just talking off air here about our fantasy pools and how it's been kind of a garbage week. So, yeah, I'm a little disgruntled, a little salty, and uh, that always makes for good post- podcasting. So, uh, let, yeah, let's get the biz. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh it's been a week for me and in, in my leagues. There's nothing like a good uh trouncing to make you reevaluate your existence yeah. and your uh, <laughs> ability okay. as a as a fantasy hockey manager. I have uh in my cacuffle uh in my cacuffle division, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six guys, seven guys out uh for today's games. Oh so, man. So um yeah, that's how that one's going. And then I've got another one. I'm actually winning in the Apples and Genos Patron League, so that feels good. But then I've low got low key brag one. right there. Yeah, yeah a little, little brag. You got to throw That's it in there when yeah, you can. Okay. No problem. But it looks like I'm also gonna lose in my keeper league, uh, actually to Devin from Fantasy Hockey Hacks. So good job, Devin. You, Devin. That's a yeah. that's a big win. I even got a hat trick from Ranton in today and still gonna lose. So that that's a shame. sums it up for you. But oh, yeah, I'm with you, man. These weeks happen. You gotta try to maintain the the process and maintain the attitude that uh, that keeps you going in the long run. It is a long season. You can't let any one week get you down too much. Yeah, we're playing the long game, everyone. That's right. Well, by now I think everybody knows the drill. We're here to look at some players who've been performing well and some who have been performing poorly. Try to make sense of that performance thus far. We're also going to run a little two truths and a lie to get us warmed up here. Or maybe uh, maybe Blake's going to run me three truths like I did to him last week in that legendary segment. Uh, but why don't we get into it, Blake? Why don't you hit me with it? Hit me with your two truths and a lie. All right, I'll hit you. Yeah, and, and exactly. We, you don't know what's coming, all right? This, this could be three <laughs> truths, three lies. I don't know. That's, again, just good podcasting. That's where we're at right now. All right, so let's go. For, uh, for the first one, so we're talking 5v5, okay? And actually, I like to call this JR edition, the Jason Robertson edition, because he's such right. a legend, such a stud, okay? So this is uh, two truths and a lie, JR edition, all right? First one, 5v5, Zach Hyman has a higher individual scoring four per 60 than JR, all right? Okay. That's the first one. Second one, 5v5 as well. Jason Robertson has a higher shot per 60, uh, individual shots per 60 than Austin Matthews. All right. Okay. Third one is a power play question. Uh, Tage Thompson has more power play points than Jason Robertson. All right. What do you got to say for yourself? Hmm. This is a tough one. This is pretty tough. I can see it either way with all three of these, if I'm being honest. Uh, at 5v5, Hyman has been a beast this year. Like, um, Robertson has two, obviously, and uh, gone on a terrific tear, but he has got a lot of production out of that power play uh, for sure. So you can see where Hyman could potentially playing, you know, playing with McDavid as he has all year. He could be could be edging out Robertson in the individual scoring chances for per 60. The shots per 60 at 5v5, I could see that either way as well. Uh, Matthews typically, I would say, higher, but Robertson had a massive bender uh, where he was just throwing up <laughs> shots every every night. And then the power play, Tage Thompson, more power play points than Robertson. I can see that one too. I am going to go with... Hmm. 
I'm going to go with the first one. I'm going to go with the lie being Zach Hyman has a higher individual scoring chances for per 60. <laughs> this was tough, man, because uh, I, lo- I love that you, yeah, you say this is, this is really could be either way because all these were right in the same vicinity of each other. Right. There's nothing. That makes so, sense. yeah, of course, you know, they, these are all very close. Uh, but yeah, that unfortunately, number one is true. Zach Hyman mm. has a higher individual scoring four per 60, 5v5 than JR crazy stuff the lie is uh the second one jason robertson has a higher shots per 60 individual than austin matthews yeah Uh, yeah matthews has got the got the advantage there so yeah and then tage thompson has more power play points than jr i was uh, that was a little surprising actually i mean obviously tage thompson's elite so far this season but uh you know we'll talk about him a little later who knows (laughs) yeah we definitely will uh yeah i think Maybe I should have thought about that a little more. Matthews has always been, you know, an absolutely elite 5v5 performer and actually hasn't been that terrific on the power play historically. Um, So maybe I could have used some historical context to try to sniff that one out. But uh, (laughs) definitely, I think uh, these are all very close in my mind. And as you say, they were actually close in real life. So... That's um, right. That's the only way to, to beat the master. All right. You got to <laughs> you got to put them right next to each other. Basically, that's the only way it's a coin flip. All right. Well, let's keep it rolling. Let's get into performing well. And we will talk about Tage Thompson right off the top here. We kind of have to if we're talking about players performing well, nobody's performing better than Tage Thompson unless your name's Connor McDavid. Tage Thompson, seven goals, 12 points in his last five games. 19 minutes, 35 seconds average time on ice. Is there really anything to say about Tage Thompson that hasn't already been said at this point? Like, uh, what can we really say but just uh, do what we did with J-Rob a little while back and just marvel and bow down in awe? Pretty much. I mean, it's it's just exciting just as a sports fan when you've got a guy uh, that's doing this, right? I mean, yeah, pointless in his last game, but... You know, we're talking about a six-point game, five goals. Whenever I hear five goals, I don't know if uh, they do this, you know, in Ontario or any other teams, but uh, here in Vancouver, if a player scores five goals, like, you know, on the broadcast, they used to have, you know, someone has the potential to win a million dollars. So it's like when I saw that, I'm like, oh, man, that'd be so sweet if he just won somebody (laughs) some money. But, but yeah, five goals. And didn't he have four of them in the first period? Yep. Like, it's just ludicrous. And they were all beauties. I mean, you know, granted that that, that game Columbus was, I, I don't know what they were doing. They're a terrible team and they, they played terrible even for them. Like that was just, that was just yeah. atrocious. It was a power play thrashing. Um, but Tage Thompson was on one. He was just, uh, you know, one timers all over the place, barred down crazy yeah. plays. Um, yeah. I'm just excited about this kid. Like, I don't think I, I certainly didn't expect anything like this. I don't know what you had him projected for, but I'd be interested to know if anyone kind of saw this level of, of production coming. Um, Cause when he signed his contract over the summer, I thought it was a great contract, but it was also kind of a, it seemed like a risky contract. Like mm-hmm. if he, if he, if he performed at the level he did last year, it, it seemed like a reasonable contract, but now like if, if he can get, in, you know, into like the 90 point range and um, right, right now he's on pace for 120 points yeah. <laughs> like that, that's I don't see how that can happen. But can it? I, I don't know. I mean, he's had an amazing quarter of a season, you know, third of a season. And he's just a, a fun guy to watch. Plus, he's huge. He looks huge yeah. on the ice. He's six, seven, two twenty. Crazy hands. I mean, 
Well done, Sage. You're doing well. All right, Mr. Thompson. That's what you have yeah. to call him, Mr. Thompson. Yeah. Um, I, it's pretty hard to argue against Sage Thompson at this yeah. stage. Like, if you go by the course of the whole season, Sage uh, Thompson, third in shots per 60. He's only behind Pasternak and Brady to Chuck there, ahead of, you know, Robertson, McKinnon, Meyer, Matthews, Ovechkin, all those guys that you expect to be up there. Um, and in terms of the individual scoring chances for per 60, he's third there as well behind to Chuck and Matthews. Like he's doing, like he's doing the thing, right? He's right there, uh, with all the That's greats. On fire. Yeah. Um, and it's a 28 game sample at this point. Like, it's not like it's, you know, a five game heater. This last little bit has been a five game heater, but, um, he's been doing it over the course of the season, uh, till now. Yeah, definitely 120, uh, point pace. I don't really see that hanging up for the full season i had him projected for 69 points um nice nice total yeah <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the season but i also had him taking a step back in the shooting percentage because last year was kind of the first time he had stepped up in the shooting percentage um he had kind of you know it obviously had been very different deployment and stuff before but he had always been actually like a sub nine percent shooter and then last year he shot 15 percent, and i just wasn't sure if he was a 15 percent shooter so i had him taking a step back there this year he's at 16.1 so um it seems like he's this guy but on top of that he's just like taking his shots per 60 and his scoring chances per 60 to a whole new level um and that's just really impressive to see and that's what gives me you know confidence that he's actually going to be able to sustain this and on top of that, Buffalo as a team has taken a step. His on-ice numbers are light years ahead of where they were last year, um, where I didn't really project that step for Buffalo as a team. So definitely I think Thompson, I had him projected for 69 points. On an individual level, I see him eclipsing that. On a team level, I see him eclipsing that. I definitely think that 90-plus points it would be my projection moving forward, um, possibly 100 points projection moving forward as a pace. Um, not 120. He's still a bit rich for my liking in the on-ice shooting percentage in particular, up at 15% right now. Um, but yeah, uh, he's right up there for me with all the elites uh, of the league in terms of all the stats that I look for. Um, I I really can't say bad things about Tate Johnson at this point. You can argue whether he's gonna you know end up in the top five in league scoring at the end of the year, but like that's really the only argument you're having with Tate Johnson at this point. Did you pick him up anywhere in any of your teams? I didn't. I <laughs> so I kind of saw this coming a little bit. Um, I don't remember if I wrote about it or if I if I was just uh, thinking it to myself, but I. Uh, there was a point uh, maybe eight or nine games into the season, um, and it was right before he went off, uh, and he had the under these underlying numbers. Yeah, were I remember. There, and, yeah. and I was like, I got to go get Tage Thompson. And so I sent offers for him, and I don't remember who I offered for him at this point, but it clearly wasn't enough because I should have offered basically my best players yeah, <laughs> for Tage Thompson, and I could have got that deal done at the time. But I was uh, I was in on Tage Thompson, just not in enough, I guess, to take full advantage of this uh, this huge breakout here. Yeah, I don't see how you could predict this, but I mean, this guy, anyone who picked him up, I mean, you were getting him, I don't know, around 100, maybe, or, I mean, seven, was probably later. I, I, yeah. later. Yeah. So, oh my yeah, goodness. Some like, leagues, anyway. That's, that's what we're talking about, like a league winner, right? Or exactly. I'd be interested to see, yeah, take a look at the the top guy in your, in your leagues. And, you know, I, that's who I've been playing uh, 
uh, two of the teams I'm playing this week have Tage Thompson. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and one of them has co- cousins too. I mean, they're just going crazy in Buffalo right now. So yeah, it's been a, been a crappy week over here, but well done. <laughs> Double T. All right, let's keep rolling. Pierre-Luc Dubois, quietly. Uh, I haven't heard a lot of talk about Dubois, but three goals, eight points his last five games, 17-38 average time on ice. Uh, does have some unsustainability in his underlying numbers. The luck metrics here, 73% IPP, 33% shooting percentage, and 19.6% on ice shooting percentage over these last five games. And it doesn't really get borne out uh, in some of the uh, underlying stats that I like to look at. 258th in shots per 60, 116th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. Definitely, though, Winnipeg as a team has been rolling uh, 34th in Corsi, 4 per 60, and 9th in scoring chances, 4 per 60. Um, So definitely that uh, team context is better than I gave it credit for. And Mm -hmm. I'm interested, um, you know, to see where that goes moving forward. Um, but I do think that Dubois might have some some pretty clear signs of unsustainability uh, for the rest of the season, or at least based on this latest stretch of uh, eight points in five games. Where are we at with Dubois, Blake? Yeah, I've, I've got him in a couple spots. Um, I ended up picking him because I faded centers a lot, and he was always available sort of later on when because. I always tend to do this in leagues too, is I pick all skill players and then I'm like, Oh dang, like I need hits blocks, like all the, all this other stuff. Right. And then he was just sitting there. So, and he dropped a little bit too. So I, I like PLD. I mean, you know, yeah, his numbers are showing like, you know, he he's on a, a bit of a hot streak and it's not exactly sustainable. Like right now he's on a, you know, uh, he's on an 85 point pace for the season. Last year, he got 60 points. I think that's much more reasonable. I, I feel like, yeah, he's just on a hot streak right now and he's probably going to cool way off, you know, but like you said, Winnipeg is playing, playing well and he, he's getting some good opportunities with some good players, but I, I like PLD a lot. I think, um, you know, he's giving you the perifs for a forward. He's, he's, he's doing like a hit a game. I, I think he's capable of more than that. I mean, last season he had 112 hits. I'm not sure if he'll reach hundred this year, but it, he's just an overall, I don't know. I don't get too excited about PLD, but, but he's like a nice supplementary piece on your team because he does other things besides score and, and all that. So, and he's mm-hmm. in a good position and no one's really coming for his minutes. So yeah, I like PLD. Yeah. I'm on board, baby. Yeah, the biggest thing long-term with PLD for me is that right now he's rocking an 18.6% shooting percentage on the year. And yeah. typically, like, you have to go back to 2018, 2019 to get a 15.5, which is his career mark before this year. Um, more typically, he's been in the 11 to 12% range throughout his career. So um, that's my biggest concern with Dubois. Now, certainly, you know, those Columbus teams that he was on, um, definitely not world beating teams. And so you could expect that with some better players, he might get a little bit better, uh, shooting percentage, but also his IPP is on the high side. The on ice shooting percentage is a little bit on the high side. There's just a, a little bit of unsustainability kind of across the board with PLD right now. So, um, yeah, I think maybe he's maybe he's a seventy point player this year. Like that's that's definitely possible, but definitely he's running a bit hot right now. All right. Taylor Hall, number three, five goals, seven points, last five games. Who saw this coming? Fifteen forty five average time on ice. He's playing on line three with Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick, and he's putting up these numbers. What do we make of Taylor Hall? Do we have to get back into Taylor Hall after kind of finally writing him off after all these years? What are we doing? <sighs> 
Yeah, for me, I mean, Taylor Hall is not really on my radar. I was, you know, five goals in five games. That's very nice, but it's it's just all comes down to the deployment. Like, uh, look at his shooting percentage too. Like, he's, you know, he's converting right. That that's the big difference here. All his numbers are are down, right? Even this season, he's he's less uh, time on ice than last year, which is less than the year before that, which is less than the year before that. I mean, it's so strange. He's only thirty one, but this is kind of the player, you know, just sort of toiling away. He's not really. I don't know. I, I don't get too excited over Taylor Hall, you know, even though he's having this kind of a little bit of resurgence, like I don't see him doing much more than what he did last year. Um, that not it crazy that Taylor Hall won the heart trophy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what the, it's, it's so crazy that, you know, I remember two or three years just after that you draft him pretty high. Cause you're like, Oh, you know, he's of that pedigree. Right. And it's just right. never come back to that point. And I wonder just, everything must've just came together perfectly for Taylor Hall that year, right? Teammates, you know, right. Everything. And uh, yeah, it, he just hasn't been able to recreate it. But that said, Boston is, is looking very good this year. So, you know, if he's in the top six there or, you know, he's in the, he's on the third line right now, but he's getting power play time. So I, I don't know. It just, you just got to manage your expectations with Taylor Hall. This is not going to continue. Right. And so 60 points last year, I think 60 points, I don't know. I, I think 55, 60 points for Taylor Hall this year is is like a nice season for Taylor Hall. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty much in line with you there. Uh, the big thing with Taylor Hall, looking back, had all his shooting percentages. So you have the Hart Trophy year where he shot 14%. And basically, like every other year, he's been sub 10% since like 2014. <laughs> so uh, this year, he's up at 15.3% on the season. So obviously, kind of outstripping his previous numbers um i will say that you know last five games 13th in the league in shots for 60 um on ice numbers look pretty good in the 30s and Corsi four per 60 and scoring chances four per 60 even despite that line three deployment um but yeah until i see him you know on the top power play on the second line at least then I'm really not that interested in Taylor Hall. He can have benders like this because he's kind of a volume shooter kind of guy. Um, when the pucks are going in, everything looks great. And then when the luck starts to dry off a little bit, then he really starts to hurt you. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much in line exactly with what you're saying. 55, 60 points would be a good solid season for Taylor Hall. I wouldn't, uh, you know, try to expect anything more of Hall. So for me, he's really just kind of a, in your average, you know, 10 or 12 team league, he's more of a streamer level guy than, yeah. uh, than anything more, any, anybody that I'm looking to hang on to and, or acquire for the rest of the season. But he's a nice person. <laughs> so let's agree on that. Yeah. Oh, he's not. Oh, okay. To the contrary, oh, to be okay. honest, all right. but uh, all right. Well, that's, yeah, that's he played. Fine. He played some junior hockey in Kingston, uh, which is close to where I grew up, and I've heard some stories. But uh, okay. maybe he's matured in his later years. I don't want right. to besmirch, besmirch the man's reputation. At that's age right. Yeah, he's he probably listening too, so we have to be careful. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He, he, he does listen to these podcasts. He's he's yeah, really that's... on top of fantasy hockey. So yeah, that's true. All right, let's keep going. Let's go with someone whose reputation is unbesmirchable. That's Nazem Kadri. Three goals, six points his last five games. 17 minutes, 58 seconds average time on ice. Over these last five games, an 86% IPP, 20% 20, 20 shooting percentage. Um, just a 10.9% on ice shooting percentage, which doesn't uh, raise any eyebrows with me. Kadri, are we buying into the resurgence? Do we think this is... Um, 
Does this portend anything to come for the rest of the season? Do we think that uh, he might just be finally getting on track in Calgary, or we think this is uh, going to go back uh, the way of the dodo bird and we're going to be um, disappointed with Kadri long-term? Yeah, I think I think things are evening out for Kadri, right? Because he was... Yeah, he was very cold. I I don't remember, but we might have talked talked about him as in one of our cold segments, right? Because um, that's just how he's been this year. The Flames in general, all their their top guns have really been underperforming, and Kadri's no different, right? So I think that he's just leveling off a little bit. But it is nice to see. I I, I didn't expect him to stay as cold as he was, right? But truthfully, even with this this recent uh, play here, he's still only on a sixty two uh, point pace for the season, and that might be it. You know, I, again, mm-hmm. like th- this is a player that I, I called for as a bust um, at the beginning of the year. And it was it was an easy call because, you know, he was on a 100 point pace last year, uh, right. you know, on the back of like crazy assists with the Colorado Avalanche and, you know, 29 power play points. So <laughs> that's not yeah. really going to happen again. Right. So but I mean, he's he's doing well in the power play this year. He's He's a great power play player. That's for sure. So I, I, I don't know. He should be rostered for sure. And yeah, Calgary's got a great schedule coming up this week. So if you got Kadri, you're probably, you're probably loving it because he's rounding into form and you got four, four games next week, all on off nights. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't expect, I expect 60 to 70 points from Kadri for the season. This is nice to see. I, I knew he wasn't going to be as bad as he was, but he's not going to get close to what he did last year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, again, pretty much in line with you there. A um, couple big differences. So Kadri, as an individual player, has not looked all that different uh, from last year in Colorado. The shots were 60. You know, the individual scoring chances for over 60 is actually up from last year. Uh, but he's two minutes down on average from Colorado, which I don't think a lot of people saw coming, uh, mm-hmm. that he would, you know, lose ice time. Uh, coming over to Calgary from Colorado, but that's what's happened. He's lost about two minutes there. And then obviously the on ice, um, nothing can beat playing in Colorado. So the on ice has decreased somewhat this year. It's still very good. Uh, it's just not as elite as it was with Colorado last year. So I projected Kadri for 64 points on the season at the beginning of the year, 62 point pace right now kind of feels like that might be who he is. Uh, I don't really see a lot in his numbers, the on ice, the IPP, the shooting percentage, it all feels pretty in line to me. I kind of just feel like this is who he is. This latest streak is just, like you said, him evening out a little bit. And yeah, I think that's what you should expect from Kadri moving forward. He could obviously have some of these hot streaks. Um, yeah, he's got 17-12 average time on ice for the season, 17-58 this last little stretch. So maybe, you know, if he buys himself an extra minute per game, um, you could see him boost that up into, you know, the high 60s rather than the low 60s or something like that. Um, but you're not talking about, you know, 10 plus extra points just from one minute average time on ice. So, um, yeah, I, to me, Kadri feels a little bit like an open and shut book. If I'm yeah. really being honest, uh, I, I really think this is the guy who I thought he was at the beginning of the season. Um, he's kind of proven it and he's doing it despite Calgary as a team, not being as good as I thought they would be. Um, Kadri is kind of exactly who I thought he would be. So that's what I've got to say about Kadri. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely been a surprise, Calgary, this year. I, I I didn't see that coming. There's been a lot of surprises in the NHL this year. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, we're talking about Tage Thompson, Calgary, just even, yeah, my man, Juicy Saros. I got to throw that in there. Guy's playing terrible. But uh, Kadri, Kadri does other things, right? So um, I think, yeah, we loved him in fantasy last year. If you had him, um, you probably overdrafted him this year. 
Um, Calgary overpaid him because he played very well. Um, but he does other things. So if Calgary can get themselves in the playoff picture, uh, you know, they're going to be happy with the player they have. But fantasy-wise, meh. Absolutely. All right. Let's get on to the titular player of this episode, and that's Shane Gostisbehere. And Gostisbehere is on a heater again. All of a sudden, two goals, six points in the last five games, 21-25 average time on ice. The IPP is a bit eye-popping here at 86% and a 29% shooting percentage, 13.5% on-ice shooting percentage, also pretty high. If you look at the underlying numbers, I'm pretty concerned about uh, these numbers. 88th among defensemen in shots per 60, 112th in individual Corsi 4 per 60. And then you would expect, being from Arizona, that the on-ice numbers are not that great, and they aren't. 106th in Corsi 4 per 60, 69th. Nice in scoring chances 4 per 60. So, Goss Despair, hot once again. The underlying numbers don't seem to support it. The guy's on a 66-point pace for the season. Um, but what do you really expect from him moving forward? Um, I, I I like it. I don't expect 63, but um, again, in draft season, Goss Despair was one of those guys, if you, you know, you faded D a little bit or you picked up a couple top D and then left it for a few rounds, Goss Despair, guys like Goss Despair, Tyson Berry were there at the end right? And yeah. Gosses Bear was a guy I targeted a little bit. I've got him only on one team, but um, yeah, I, I'm happy for the guy. I think it's great. Um, but yeah, 63 points. I don't think so. Maybe 50 though. 50, 50 from Gosses Bear would be sweet on that team. Um, you know, and I'm just looking at daily faceoff here right now. They're showing him and uh, Chikrin on the second power play. And JJ Moser is getting the, the, the time on power play one. Um, so that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um, cause I thought, I, I know they were running Goss Bear and Chikrin on power play one for a little bit there. And then obviously, you know, last year Goss Bear was, was the point by himself. So, um, yeah, he's, he's got a good role here. I think that obviously they're happy with the player they have and, you know, he's, he's, he's just one of these guys is kind of a no thought, you know what I mean? Um, if you have him, you're probably super stoked because, um, you got him late. Right. And he's putting up really good points. And um, I don't know what are his perifs like. Yeah, decent. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not really doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> he's not uh, really that guy. 13 <laughs> hits. What are you doing, buddy? Come on. Throw the body yeah, he around. Will, all right. He will block a few shots for you, but he's definitely not hitting anybody. All right. Well, that's disappointing. Uh, Goss is bare. All right. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> and why do you spell your name with a Y? I don't appreciate that either. When I was trying to search the man, I'm like, what, what's what's happening here? <laughs> Anyways, you're probably happy if you got Goss's bear. I, it's hard to be excited about anyone on Arizona, really. You know, mm -hmm. like I try, you know, like, like Nick Schmaltz. I tried. Um, <laughs> even J.J. Moser. I'm like, oh, OK, let me look at this guy. I'm like, nah. you know, Clayton <laughs> Keller. Nah. So, yeah, I'm happy for the guy. I think 50 points is 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 within reach. And if you drafted him, you, you're probably loving that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I do have Gossip Bear in one spot. I've been very happy to have him through there. Um, it's interesting to look at his numbers. I uh, so yes, the on ice context in Arizona is pretty bleak. Uh, it's always going to be bleak. It's never going to be good. Uh, but Gossip Bear is going to be kind of the the driver of that bus. So you the things that you would expect to be unsustainable are going to be a little bit more sustainable for Goss to spare because he simply is kind of the best offensive player or, you know, one of the top three or four best offensive players on that team. So like last year, Goss to spare 
played all 82 games, and he had a 58% IPP, which is astronomically high for a defenseman. That's uh, Without looking, that's probably in the top five among all defensemen uh, last year. And he shot 9.3%, which is also astronomically high for a defenseman. But this is a guy who, the year before that, shot 10.6%. This year he's shooting 11.5%. You know, that's high, and I do think that he probably won't shoot 11.5% on the season, but... You know, you're looking at two seasons previous where he shot above 9%. Um, it's not that crazy. The IPP, I assume, will be high just because he, if if pucks are going in in Arizona, he's a part of it. Um, so uh, while he's got a 67% IPP on the season, uh, the 58% he posted last year doesn't seem all that crazy when you take into account the situation. So as long as he's getting this 21, 22 minutes a night, as long as he's getting power play one, that is a that is a really weird uh, development that he was on the second power play and Chikrin was on the second power play uh, the other night. I don't know what to make yeah, of that. I weird. can't imagine that keeps up. Um, so I guess it's just something to monitor moving forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gossespierre definitely hasn't been uh, playing particularly well individually the last five games despite the point totals. Um, so yeah, if there is a, a spot here to move off of him, then maybe you could look to do that. I, I honestly don't know if there's much of a market for Shane Gossespierre, even though he's on the 66 point pace. I feel like most people just have it in their heads that you can't acquire players from Arizona. Um, and his value is just kind of always going to be depressed because of his situation. So I think Gossespierre is probably a guy where, you know, he's going to go through a stretch like this where he gets you six points in five games. He's probably starting tomorrow going to go through a stretch where he gets you no points in four games. And you're going to be like, what am I doing with this guy from Arizona on my team? Um, but that's kind of the ups and downs of a season with Gossa Spare. And yeah, I think 50 to 55 points is is probably where I where I would slot him in for the rest of the season. I don't think that's too crazy, even though it is a bad team. Like Gossa Spare, when he's played, has been a borderline elite offensive producer from the blue line. Um, it would be really interesting to see, like, if he was dropped into, you know, Edmonton's power play or if he was dropped into Toronto's power play or something like that, just to see what kind of heights he could hit. Because I do think there's a 70-plus point player inside of Goss Bear if everything went perfectly. So I do think that, you know, he's a talented player. Uh, the underlying numbers are high because he's the most talented player in Arizona or close to it. Um so I think he's just one of these guys. Again, this this mold of defenseman that I keep talking about with these Tyson Berries and these other guys where they're going to go through stretches where you're going to be pulling your hair out and wondering what do I do with this guy? He's not doing anything. And then they're going to go through another stretch the next week where they put up six points. And you got to just take the good with the bad with these guys and kind of ride it out over the course of a full season because that's the way that it's going to go with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um one of the nice things about Gostas Bear, uh, just that separates him a little bit, is he scores goals for a defenseman. Um, I, you know, you were talking about trades and like, you know, I always find it difficult to trade defensemen. I mean, it depends on the format of your league, but people, you know, for the most part, they want offense, right? And a good, def- uh, like a good defenseman season, like 55, 60 points, like that's great. Well, a good forward season is like 120 points, you know? So it, yeah. it, even just that you're like, it, you're already kind of on the back foot trying to trade, <laughs> trying to trade someone. But that's exactly. the nice thing about Goss despair. He, he, he puts up goals. Like he could get 10 goals for defensemen 
pretty easily, I think. And that's, that's nice, right? Cause a lot of, the, you know, um, a lot of the other defensemen sort of in his tier, especially like they're not even going to come close to 10 goals. Um, so I do like that. Um, question for you. If someone dropped the Gosses bear in, in your league, any league, would you pick him up? Like, is he like a must add player? Um, the only place that I'd say he's not a must add player is probably a, is probably a like bangers cats league, um, mm -hmm. where it might depend a little bit on what you have at defense already and how he fits into your, into your lineup. Um, in most other places, yeah, he probably is. I had a question um, in the Discord today, actually, about Gossip Bear getting dropped. And um, they were saying, you know, I've got, you know, guys like Trocek and Keller was on that list. And what do I do? Do I drop either of those guys or uh, one of my goalies for, for Gossip Bear? And I think you got to make room uh, for a guy mm -hmm. like Gossip Bear. If you need that fourth defenseman, um, then Goss's bear is your fourth defenseman. You're laughing in my opinion in basically any kind of points league. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with them. Do me a favor. Do not drop Trocheck for Goss's bear. All right, <laughs> please. Um, Trocheck, that's my man. All right. I'm riding with that man to the end of the season. He's probably going to get me 40 points only. He'll get injured. Yeah. It's going to be a debacle, but I'm riding <laughs> with Tro for show. All right. Yeah, Trocek and D'Angelo, we know, you're two guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, those are my guys. Yeah, big time. <laughs> big time. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to Kasperi Kapanen, who I did not expect to be talking about, but uh, suddenly he's four goals, six points, last five games. Um, th this is a little bit of a case study in why you look at some of the underlying stats with these players and don't just go off point totals. So Kapanen, 100% IPP, 44% shooting percentage, and a 17.7% on ice shooting percentage across these five games. Hundreds in shots per 60, which is at least respectable, if not impressive, um, but 197th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. Then you get into the on-ice numbers, 319th in Corsi, 4 per 60, 292nd in scoring chances, 4 per 60. Kapanen, to me, is nothing more than a flash in the pan. This is a guy who's routinely getting scratched earlier in the season, um, found his way back into the lineup. Uh, I guess that motivated him a bit, maybe you could say, and he's put on a little bit of a hot streak here. But there's nothing here for me with Kasperi Kapanen. Like, it would have to be the deepest of deep leagues for me to even consider rostering this guy. Do you have any interest in Kapanen, or can we keep going? Yeah, no, hell no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised because, yeah, like he said, why are we talking about this guy? Well, he, he's having a little streak, so that's nice. But um, he's never gotten more than, like, his 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 best season is 44 points in 78 games. Like this guy's, you know, and he's playing, like you said, what, what, what's his time on ice in the last five, like 1132. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. Like if you pick them up, good for you. Yeah. Deep league, enjoy the production. You're going to drop them next week anyway. So, but uh, yeah, good job. We're talking about two third liners here. That's kind of neat actually. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Third line. Is he getting any power play time? Cap Captain? So I, I didn't at, even check to oh, be honest yeah, with you. He's, because, he's um, on the he's, yeah, he's on the second. Sorry, I got it right here. Yeah, he's he's, he's on the point in the second. What about Chris Letang coming back from a stroke? That is what pretty the, wild. and he had an insane game. He had like seven yeah. shots, three hits. What a I mean, let we need to figure out who his doctors are first off. Exactly. They're either like the best doctors in the world or they're the most negligent doctors we've ever seen. <laughs> All right, what are One we or doing? The other. Yeah, this man just had a stroke. But uh yeah, well done. I'm Chris Letang, what a beast, what a beauty.
Absolutely. Yeah, hats off to Latang. Hopefully that is the last of those health issues for yeah. him. Yes, please. Um, absolutely. I hope that he goes on to have as many years of playing uh, stroke-free as possible for the rest of his career. So, um, yeah, definitely good to see him back on the ice and apparently suffering no further ill effects. Yeah, Let's wild. get into the last player here, similar to Captain in many respects, Matthias Michelli. So this is a guy, he's on a 68-point pace, believe it or not, in Arizona. Um, 19 points in 23 games. And, you know, the ice time is 16 minutes, uh, 3 seconds over the last 5 games. So that's, you know, it's not great, but it's respectable. He's got a goal and 6 points in the last 5 games here. Um, for me, this is another case of a guy um, who's just kind of playing over his head and uh, at this point has been for 23 games. Uh, it does happen. Uh, it happens every year. Last year, we talked about how Matt Duchesne overperformed for a whole season. This is kind of a little bit of a microcosm of that in some respects. Uh, but Michelli, 500th in shots per 60 <laughs> over the last five games. Like, um that, I'm just going to stop reading the advanced stats yeah, right there. Against because, all odds. Yeah, somehow this guy continues to put up points despite it not making any sense whatsoever from a statistical perspective. Um, yeah, I've had questions about Michelli, so I wanted to bring him up. But yeah. for me, Michelli is, yeah, I guess uh, if you picked him up because he was scoring points, then well done. Um, but uh, you should probably punt him into the sun because there's absolutely mm -hmm. no chance this continues for any length of time. Yeah, it's so interesting that you brought this guy up because yeah, just this last week, I I didn't even know who this player is. I, I still I've never seen him play, so I can't talk super intelligently on what this man is doing. But um, you know, nice season he's put together so far. Who's he even playing with? Um, yeah, he's on the second line with Nick uh, Bugstad. How do you say that name? Lawson Kraus. He's a good player. Um, but he's is he getting power play time? Yeah, he's getting power he's on play that time second too. Power play. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, it, he's. I put him on my watch list because I'm like, who the heck is this? But it's it's nice to hear the the statistics don't back up any of this. Like this doesn't make any sense, you know. So yeah, put him on the watch list. Move on. Absolutely. That's all. all right. That's all I got, man. Before we get into the players performing poorly, we do got to talk about the Apples and Genos Discord server. You know. I talk about it every week, but we've got, you know, 500, almost 600 now like-minded fantasy managers in there. You can come talk to them, talk to us, get our thoughts on your latest trade or sit start or whatever the case may be. Whatever's bothering you from a fantasy hockey perspective, that's what the Discord's there for. If you're looking for specifically for help with, you know, waiver wire pickups uh, each week, you can check out the Patreon. Five bucks a month, you get a weekly article detailing all of the best pickups for the upcoming week. That also includes some long-term plays for you as well. Both of the links are in the show description. And I'm also, at this point, going to be uh, offering another giveaway uh, for some merch, some Apples and Genos merch. I did this uh, a while back, and I'm going to do it again for the holidays here. Might not arrive in time for Christmas at this point, but uh, over the next week here, what I need you to do, if you want to be entered, is to rate or review the podcast. If you've already done that, then just take a screenshot of it for me. Send it my way. You can find me on Twitter, at Apples Genos. You can find me in the Discord if you're in there. Just at Nate in the Discord, and that'll be me. So find a way to get me a screenshot of you rating and slash or reviewing the podcast, and I will definitely be giving away a 
Apple's and Gino's merch item of your choice to the lucky winner on this show next week. So stay tuned for that. All right. Performing poorly. We got to do it. We got to do it to these guys. And we got to start <laughs> once again with my guy, unfortunately, Mackenzie Weger. Zero points last five games, uh, 20 minutes average time on ice. 9.8% on ice shooting percentage, but obviously he's not factored into any of that. 128th amongst defensemen in shots per 60. 157th in individual Corsi 4 per 60 over these last five games. On ice numbers, not much better. 97th in Corsi 4 per 60. 138th in scoring chances 4 per 60. I really thought that Wegar was going to be something in Calgary. I thought they acquired him to give him a big role. I thought you know, there's a chance that he took over top power play from Rasmus Anderson. Nothing has come to fruition the way I saw it with Mackenzie Wegar, and uh, he has just been truly awful all season long. Is Are you holding on to Wegar anywhere? Have you already kicked him to the curb? What do we do with Wegar if we're still hanging on? It's been rough. There's no question. Um I'm holding them. I've got them in two spots, um, but they're, they are bangers cats leagues. So it, that's, that's really his only value that he's providing right now. I mean, you know, 63 hits in 28 games. That's nice. 43 blocks, 28 games. That's nice. Okay. But he's not, you know, he's got six assists in 28 games and he's his, what's, what's his ice time? Oh man. Yeah. He's down three, you know, almost three minutes from last season. Yeah. It's just a surprise. This is, this is going to be a bust this year that I, I think that we can probably lock that in as a bust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, I, I didn't expect anything like, you know, if even a 50 point season from, from Uyghur, but I expected, you know, 40 to 45 points with amazing peripherals and some decent power play numbers. And, that is is not going to happen. He's not on power play one. He's not on power play two. He's not killing penalties. It's it's yeah. weird. Like so, I mean, maybe uh, Weger was just a throw in for this trade. Like <laughs> they didn't really target him. You know, I thought you bring a player over, you think that they're going to get a chance to do something, and um, it doesn't seem like like Weger really is in their plans in that way. Plus, he's he's a twenty eight year old defenseman. I mean, they might be prioritizing younger players. You know, obviously Rasmus Anderson is their guy there that they're they're going to offensively. But yeah, no, it's been rough. I, I I didn't see this happening. I thought he would be able to sort of duplicate what he did last year with maybe a chance of doing a little bit better. And I think, yeah, if you're holding them, he, he could be a drop. You could drop Uyghur and it's not the end of the world. Like you could probably pick up someone, go get Sean Dersey. You know, the guy's playing out of his mind right now. Um you know, and Doughty's injured. So, but th- there's other players out there that can probably get you what you need. If you need peripherals, Uyghur is good to go. He's going to provide that for you. And I'd like to think like this, this, I, this deployment can't last all season. You know, seasons are long. Like uh, the flames are going to get injured, you know, um, you know, I don't wish for any injuries, but uh, you know, on the teams where I have uh, Mackie Weeks, like you know, maybe Anderson could could take a little break. All right, Let, let's give uh, <laughs> let's get Mackie Weeks in there. All right, give me some give me some PPAs. All right, what are we doing? But uh, yeah, it's it's been disappointing to say the least. Yep, yeah. The only thing keeping Weeger on my roster currently is the fact that Calgary has uh, a really nice schedule this upcoming week. Uh, four yeah, games, four off nights. Uh, other than that, I probably would be dropping Uyghur at this point. Uh, it's really hard to see a path forward. Like Calgary as a team is not scoring the way we thought they would score. Right. Um, Uyghur is not being deployed in any offensive context whatsoever. It really seems like there's no path to him being on the top power play unit. 
the second power play unit is nothing to write home about there in Calgary. Um, so even if he got on the second power play unit, uh, it still feels like he's one away yeah. from <laughs> it actually being worth something. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. Bangers cats leagues. Sure. Uh, he provides that, but like six assists, man. And yeah. at this point in the season, like he's dead weight. There are plenty of better guys. Like you'd be better off with Luke Shen or somebody, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's getting more points. Yeah. Who who yeah. predicted that? Yeah, it's it's wild with Uyghur. I I am kind of at a loss. I'm not. I'm gonna have to do a bit more of a deep dive on why I think uh, I projected him so highly relative uh, to his output. I I don't think anyone would have projected him, you know, to have six assists only at this point. Um, but you know, my projection wasn't even based on him necessarily getting top power play. Uh, there was a chance of it, I guess, baked in there a little bit, but. Um, Man, I don't know what to say about Uyghur other than uh, I'm in my one spot. I'm holding him for this week because it's the really sweet schedule. And then unless he really, you know, shows me something spectacular this week, after this week, he's probably done. Uh, that's where I'm at with Uyghur. Sorry to say it, but uh, he can go be dead weight on somebody else's roster at this point. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the this at the end of the season we find out, you know, he's been battling an injury or there's some personal issues or there's some issues with the coach, you know, so, something like that. Th- this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I yeah, it's I'm at a loss for words on it too. Just doesn't make sense. Yeah, among other things that don't make sense, Jesse Puyu Yarvi, zero points last five games. In those last five games, 13 minutes, 40 seconds, average time on ice has been demoted. He's gotten extensive looks in the top six. Uh, he's played with Dreisaitl, played with McDavid, been moved all around there, now demoted to the third line. And uh, yeah, basically an afterthought in Edmonton. Had some uh, interesting stuff come out in the media this past week. Really seems like he's going to get moved at some point as soon as Edmonton finds a, a suitor for him. Um, yeah, the advanced stats not looking good here. Last five games, 257th in shots per 60. On ice numbers, 255th in Corsi, 4 per 60. 253rd in scoring chances, 4 per 60. So really nothing under the hood to excite you about Pugliarvi. This is a guy that uh, did excite me at one point. Uh, the individual scoring chance numbers were there. Um, I think that Pugliarvi is probably just a much worse finisher than I thought um, originally, and so I probably can't ever expect him to, you know, really pop off. But uh, I do think that, you know, there's probably a 20 to 25 goal scorer with a bunch of hits in there with Pugliarvi in the right situation. Um, but yeah, uh, this is kind of a, a case study for me and one I wanted to bring up because I was pretty excited about Pugliarvi uh, a season or two ago based on some individual scoring chance numbers. But you also got to think about finishing ability. Um, and that that's a lot harder to, to realize sometimes because anybody can go on a shooting percentage bender where, you know, pucks get bounced in off their butt or whatever uh, for a full season, uh, Matt Duchesne. And then um, the following season comes along and all of a sudden it's much harder for, for these pucks to be going in. So uh, your RV feels like that kind of guy and feels like a lesson I had to learn the hardware where, uh, yeah, there's, there's gotta be a way to quantify that finishing ability and not just, uh, be totally sold out on the underlying stats. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's confidence. Like, you know, he, like he, he came, I, he said something recently too in the media, which is, it was just, 
I, I can't remember the exact quote, but basically he was just saying something along the lines of like, I can't play hockey anymore. Like if I can't make this work, like obviously, you know, maybe I should, I shouldn't play anymore. Like he was saying things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And just as a hockey player myself, yeah. Like you got that kind of attitude going on. Like there's no way you're going to be successful. Right. He's a young guy too. He's only 24. Um, and he's had some okay seasons in the past. He's had some, battled some injuries and things like that. But, um, and I also think too, like a lot of people, when you say, oh, well, he played with McDavid and Drysaddle, like, why can't you get any points? Like, it's not that simple, you know? Like, I remember the Sedins were like that too, well, you know, as a Canuck fan, like, you know, oh, put on the line with Sedins. You should get like an easy 60 points, no problem. It's like, no, they, they're very specific type of players, right? And right. Drysaddle and McDavid know what they're doing together, but just because you throw a person on there doesn't mean they're going to get a bunch of points. And But for whatever reason, this guy has zero confidence right now, and that, it, you know, it, it's I, I hope he did he he needs a move of some kind like I think he's worn out his welcome there in Edmonton you know one goal in 28 games yikes that's mm-hmm. not what you expected from this guy um so yeah it's 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 tough to see especially like he was a fourth overall pick so mm-hmm. yeah bit bit of a, a bust for sure there but uh I think he needs somewhere new to go um but yeah until he gets traded this guy should be on the waiver wire permanently yeah yeah, it reminds me a little bit of an Alex Galchenyuk, another high pedigree player who, you know, had some moments of success, but then uh, kind of fell off, and it really did seem to be a confidence thing. So, RV might uh, might fit into that category as well. Well, remember Patrick Laine, like a couple years ago when Torts was on the was the coach, and he was like a different yep. player. It's mm-hmm. like. What happened to the guy, you know, and, and this think about Puyarvi too. He comes from being the, you know, the best player on his team, the most offensive, the most dominant. And then, you know, he's kind of sidelined and for whatever reason, it's just, yeah, his, his, his confidence is shot. So he needs, he needs something. He needs a couple things to go right. And yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to happen this season. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going. Jake Sanderson, uh, unfortunately making this list one point in his last five games, almost 22 minutes average time on ice. The underlying numbers not looking so hot here. 120th in shots per 60, 101st in individual Corsi 4 per 60, 69th in Corsi 4 per 60. That's the on-ice number, which is nice, I guess, but uh, not great. 89th in scoring chances 4 per 60. So Sanderson, somebody I've been touting a lot, uh, especially to the Patreon members, and someone that I do believe in long-term still, um, has definitely shown stretches where he can put up uh, bigger numbers. Uh, was pretty good when he was on the top power play there while Shabbat was out. And so I do think that Sanderson has all the potential in the world, but definitely uh, on a downtrend right now. Um, what would you do with Sanderson if you're still hanging on to him anywhere there, Blake? Um, yeah, I dropped him in a couple spots. Just uh, he, he's he's a streamer level right now. I think that's pretty clear. But uh, yeah, everything you said is is correct. Like this, I think this guy's gonna have a great career. Um, right now he's, he's, you know, behind in the pecking order in Ottawa there. Um, when Shabbat was out, I had him, I had him the whole time and he was doing stuff. Um, you know, it, it, you just have to manage your expectations with players like this. I mean, this is his rookie season. I don't think he's going to be like a most sider or anything like that. Um, he doesn't have the, uh, the pathway to that in Ottawa right now. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, too many roosters in the hen house there too. Right. So, um, there's a lot of people that need the puck and he's probably not going to be prioritized there. So, um, that said, I, I think, you know, he's on pace for 36 points. I think that's probably reasonable. And, and that would be a successful season for this guy. 
Um, yep. So yeah, if you just manage your expectations with Sanderson, he's a, he's a streamer at this point. Um, you know, he's he's blocking a decent amount of shots, hitting not so much. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, just pick him up when you need him. Pick him up when Ottawa has a good schedule, and just keep an eye, keep an eye on the power play deployment. If he gets back on that top power play, like it, it's him and Kalen Addison, they're they're very similar players. I think I would rather have Sanderson than Addison. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's he's more uh, uh, well rounded. You know, for sure. Um, and certainly when we're not talking about fantasy, I, I would think Sanderson is, is probably the, the guy you would want there. Addison's very, you know, very much an offensive player and they're kind of minimizing him uh, with his ice time. Right. So he doesn't get in trouble. But uh, Sanderson, definitely more responsible. I think he's going to have a great career. Just not yeah. this season. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. I think Sanderson um, has a really good context there in Ottawa. Ottawa has consistently been one of the higher uh, play-driving teams at uh, 5A5. They've given up a lot, but they've produced a lot as well in terms of uh, chances and shots on goal. So I think that Sanderson has a good, you know, even strength context to be able to put up that, you know, like that 36-point pace almost exclusively on even strength. Um, but yeah, with it, with Shabbat there, it's pretty hard to see him, you know, getting that extra 15 power play points that he might get if he were on the top power play where, which would put him into that 50 point range where now all of a sudden you're pretty excited about what he might be. So, yep. I think at this point he's a streamer with upside. Um, I would compare him a little bit to, you know, somebody like Evan Bouchard. Uh, he doesn't put up the underlying stats the way that Bouchard does. I think Bouchard has more upside overall, but, uh, if you talk about team context where there's a lot of team scoring going on and uh, the ability to get in on that and then the potential to usurp the current top power play guy at some point, um, also there for both those guys. So uh, that's a parallel I might draw as well. Uh, guy you alluded to, uh, number four on this list for us here tonight, Mo Sider. One point his last five games as well. 21 minutes, 37 seconds average time on ice and the on nice numbers the individual numbers it all does not look good for cider over this <laughs> last little stretch 161st amongst defensemen uh in the last five games in shots per 60 140th in Corsi four per 60 so the team's not doing it either when he's on the ice uh it's really looking kind of bleak for cider right now i don't know do is this the second uh second time for us to get super concerned about mo cider this season it seemed like everybody was super concerned then he was back and nothing to be worried about and now everybody's super concerned about, uh, once again and heronic has unseated him uh, on the top power play um taken over with that uh, larkin unit as the top power play defenseman and heronic has earned it um obviously with what he's done this season so what can Sider really offer us if he's a power play two guy, or do you see him, you know, reclaiming that top role at some point in the near future? I don't know. Not with the way Hronik is playing and not with the way he's playing, right? Like it, right. it doesn't make sense. And I, you know, I, I do like to think sometimes of what, just what happens um, behind closed doors. Like, you know, the coaches know a lot better than we do what's, what's happening there and they make those decisions. So you know, it's not like this guy was like, ah, you're going to power play two instead of power play one. It's like, there's a reason. And I don't exactly know what the reason is, you know, but clearly he's not playing to his potential um, or that he did last year. Right. And having a year like that raises expectations. So as a Canucks fan, I know when you raise expectations, the next thing that's going to happen is a horrible plummeting, painful <laughs> mess of a season. So, um, you know, that said, this guy's still, 
reasonable on the ice, but I think we can safely say like, we're not going to get a season like last season. Um, you know, he could be in a Jake Sanderson situation, right? <laughs> like um, yeah. let's, you know, he's going to have a great career, no question, but um, this to me just kind of proves how difficult it is to play in the NHL. He's only mm -hmm. 21. You know, he came out, I think I said this last week too, like just players that I know, you know, I've played with like, you, you know, young guys, they come in, they're super confident. They're used to being the best and they parlay that into a nice season. And then it kind of sinks in like, Oh yeah, I, I can't just do that at will. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he's probably getting in his own head and, and, and that's kind of what we're seeing on the ice there. So, you know, imagine your top two D you picked this season, most cider, Mackie Weeks. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, if yeah. that's you out there, then uh, send us a screenshot and we'll yeah. we will commiserate with yeah. you. Uh, that's right. Because... That's right. I will pay for some apples and Geno's merch and send it down to your house, right? Because <laughs> this is that's just you know that's just it's sad, just cruel. Right? Yeah, yeah, that is cruel. So yeah, so cider definitely one of these guys who provides on the hits and block side of things. No questions asked there. Um, so bangers cats, he's still valuable just for that alone with the upside for points that we saw last year, uh, still somewhat in the cards. Um, uh, but yeah, this latest stretch truly abysmal from cider. Hronik has totally unseated him. It seems like it's affected p potentially cider's confidence at this point. I have to wonder. So Detroit, uh, after being pretty decent has now kind of, uh, fallen back a bit in terms of their offensive prowess as well. So it doesn't seem like. Uh, the team level uh, might be as exciting as we were hoping with all the additions um, at this particular juncture. Maybe it improves again. That's possible as well. Um, but yeah, the overall outlook at this point in time, not so hot for, for Cider. Like I'm, I'm thinking 40-point pace if this deployment holds up. Uh, even that might honestly be a bit, uh, a bit, uh, a bit of a stretch just because like he was on a 50-point pace last year. Um, I'm saying that without actually checking it, so maybe I should check oh, that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, he was on a roughly 50-point pace last year. Um, that was with top power play all season long, and everybody was falling in love. And this year, um, the team might be a little better around him, uh, but if he's not on that top power play, then uh, really what can you truly expect from him in terms of a point pace? And so I do think you got to adjust it expectations on cider and not think that that uh even that 50 point pace is necessarily coming back um at any point this season and if that's a if that's a point where you want to move off of him for what you can get um and if you can find somebody to buy you know kind of buy a little bit higher than what you think he might be able to do the rest of the season then maybe you need to explore that as well because i do think that the outlook for cider is probably a little bit bleaker than some are still thinking i think there are still people out there that are holding out hope for you know a breakout season for cider still even after all this and i don't really see that currently you kind of have to because you drafted him so high like he was, he was in a lot of drafts I was in, he was in the, kind of that second tier of defensemen. Some, some people were taking him in the top tier. It's crazy stuff. And, and if I'm being honest, I, you know, I always had a look at him. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Cause it's kind of a, kind of an exciting name, you know, You're like, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Look what he did last year. He can do even better this year, you know? And, and he is a beast. Like there's no question. You know, I remember watching some of his highlights last year and some this year too. Like he's a beast. He's, he's a young kid, like playing with men and like manhandling them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, He's going to be awesome. I'll tell you what you do. You trade him straight up for Victor Hedman. All right. Anybody <laughs> would do that. All right. Everybody's happy. All right. And throw Tony D'Angelo in there as well. And you got, 
you got a little three-way i don't even know where i'm going with this all right this is going off the tracks but yeah that's that's where i'm at with it all right let's move on we got to talk about jamie ben who's been you know on the performing well side of this for so long but now just one point in his last five games uh, still the time on ice is there, 16 minutes, 28 seconds average over those five games, 17% IPP, 6% shooting percentage, 9.4% on ice shooting percentage. Um, are you getting worried about Jamie Ben? Is this the regression we've been waiting for? It's been written on the walls and uh, it's only now coming to pass. Uh, what do we think about Jamie Ben moving forward? Yeah, you know, maybe I would have, but like, you know, you're going to talk about some of his numbers, like looking at those numbers, like, oh, you know, it's the main thing that's happened here is he's not converting, right? But mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like anything else has really changed. So I think if you were in for Ben earlier, you should be in for Ben right now because it's probably going to level out, right? You know, he has had a cold streak here, but Dallas hasn't been, you know, lighting the world on fire their last few games here. So, um, you know, and he picked up a goal in his last game. I, I think all signs are kind of, it was a surprise, right? It was already a surprise. So I think you're you're already happy if you've got Ben. I, w- I, I think you can sort of expect less than what, what's happened, but much better than what he did last year, right? Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and he hits as well, right? So in Bangers Cats, you're, 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 liking, uh, you're liking Jamie Ben there. I think he should be rostered for sure. Um, you know, one point in his last five games, not awesome, but I don't know. Why don't you tell us about the numbers and see where we're at? Yeah, the numbers are still quite good over these last five games. 30th in shots per 60, 26th in individual scoring chances for per 60, 11th in the league in Corsi for per 60. So the team's still throwing attempts on net, 44th in scoring chances for per 60. And that's kind of been the story. Like, obviously, Ben's still on that top power play. That power play is an elite unit. Um, when it's all said and done, I'm pretty confident we'll finish top three in the league on the year. And Ben will be a part of that. So he's definitely going to get his fair share. You know, anybody, if you just, you know, tack on 25 to 30 power play points on top of their totals, is going to get a pretty significant bump. Um, So Ben can take that and add that to whatever he gets at even strength. And all of a sudden you're looking at a pretty solid season uh, overall. Now, obviously he has been overperforming to this point. Definitely. If you look at his, you know, season long numbers, you see that the 15% on ice shooting percentage, the 16% shooting percentage, neither of those numbers are going to stick around um, for the full season, I don't think. But, yeah, I think Ben, you know, can still push 65, 70 points uh, on the season, even in this deployment, if things go well. If things tail off for him a bit, which, you know, you may want to project. He hasn't, you know, sustained this this kind of shot rate or anything like this for a while. Um, it's been a few seasons since he's done anything like this. So if you want to project him to even take a step back from that then down to like 60 points but like you're saying he's providing uh, peripherals on top of that so it's not like even on the nights when he's not scoring for you he's leaving you high and dry so Jamie Ben still plenty rosterable if you if you're in a league where people are watching this really closely and now they're like oh man I got to get out on Jamie Ben the hot streak's over I got to sell him sell him sell him uh, because he's going to come crashing back down to earth, then I'd still be interested in Jamie Ben at that kind of reduced expectation uh, for the season. Because, yeah, the underlying stats say that uh, he's still going to hang around and be a plenty relevant fantasy player rest of the season, I would say. Yeah, absolutely agree. And you probably got this guy on the waiver wire. 
That's, that's, that's awesome, right? We all yeah. thought Jamie Benn was left for dead and this guy's having a resurgence. And yeah, a lot of it's, you know, that power play, but, but it's clicking. And, and I think something, something good's going on in Dallas this season. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they got a bit of a swagger and I just like the team a lot over there right now. So it's not a surprise to me that a, a lot of their players are performing well. Yep. All right, last player here we're going to talk about is Sam Steele. I wanted to talk about Steele particularly because there have been some questions about him, but also, you know, Minnesota's got the same four-game, four-off-night schedule that we were talking about with Calgary earlier. So definitely people are going to be looking at him, uh, looking at him ahead for this week in particular. One point in his last five games, despite playing top line with um, Zuccarello and Kaprizov, so really, it's the deployment that's super attractive with Steele for most people, but the production hasn't been there. So what do we make of that? 17 minutes, 31 seconds, average time on ice, you know, the 33% IPP, 8% shooting percentage, 6.7% on ice shooting percentage. All those numbers look a little bit low. Maybe you see a little bit of a rebound there. But, you know, this is a guy 116th in shots per 60, 115th in individual scoring chances for per 60. Nothing to write home about there. And then the on-ice numbers are actually pretty bad, even though he's been playing with those uh, two star players. 291st in Corsi 4 per 60, 209th in scoring chances 4 per 60. So really, what do we make of this? Uh, he's still far and away the top-line center at this point. He did score a goal there on Saturday night. Um, pretty nice goal, all things told. Um, so what are you doing with Steele? Is he a fire up for this week given the sweet schedule? Or are you too worried about him, you know, getting demoted down the lineup? Yeah, it, it honestly depends on the league you're in and how sharp everybody is. Right. I think there are much better players on Minnesota to target this week. Um, especially because, uh, Steele is, a, I think he's a center only. Right. So, you know, you may have a hard time getting him in your lineup. He may not be as good as some of the other guys. Right. Although they have do have the four games on the off night. So that's nice. But I'm not convinced that he's going to keep that deployment either. Right. Like uh, Freddie Gaudreau has been Freddie Gaudreau, Fred Gaudreau uh, <laughs> has been playing that top line spot as well. Right. And uh, Erickson Eck, I, you know, he, he gets a ton of time, but they, they've got him toiling away on the third line as well. So. I think they've got better options than Steele. I feel like he's there because they kind of have to, right? Because Hartman's injured. <laughs> so I don't know. He doesn't, he's not a player that excites me. Right. And, and certainly he, you're only picking him up for the potential um, offense, right? He's giving you nothing yep. else. He doesn't shoot very much. Doesn't hit, doesn't block. Right. So, you know, yeah, he's got a great schedule this week. Take a look at who's out there in Minnesota. I think there are much better players on Minnesota that you can pick up um for this week but if it's slim pickings you could do a lot worse than sam Steele, right you want to get those four off games in um you know instead of picking up one of the other teams so i don't know and he's got a hell of a name as well that's sweet this guy's <laughs> it should be a superhero sam Steele, center for the minnesota wild definitely uh, yeah the schedule is really nice minnesota's uh team list of teams they're playing next week edmonton detroit chicago ottawa you can okay. score on any of those teams on any yeah. given night as well so i do think that there is some potential for steel definitely depends on you know how deep your league is who's available who's not you know if like matt boldy got dropped in one of your leagues when he was cold then boldy definitely you're picking up before steel um i don't know Eck, honestly yeah you gotta get him too. yeah joel erickson Eck being on the top power play for sure i would take over sam Steele, but 
beyond that, I don't know if I would take anybody over Steele just for the week, just because all it all it really takes, man, is is Kaprizov going That's off true. for a week against these terrible teams, and Steele just happening to be there. <laughs> Give it to Kaprizov for the week, right? Yeah. Would you um, take Steele over Gaudreau? I would. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. I just, yeah, I just think that the potential alongside a superstar level player. Uh, is something I'm interested in when looking at streamers like this. Um, even if, you know, they themselves are not doing terrific, like you can call it like the Alex Kerfoot rule. Every time he's up on the line with uh, Tavares and, and Marner, then I'm interested in Alex Kerfoot, even though he right. himself yeah. continually disappoints on a season-long yeah. basis. If plus minus that. is a stat in your league, then you're then you're laughing, all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I kind of feel about players in these situations. I want to bring up Sam Steele for that reason, even though, you know, it hasn't looked great over the last little bit. He had one nice game there on Saturday, uh, had a few shots, a few scoring chances, and a goal. Um, as, as long as he's going to be on that, that top, uh, that top line with Kaprizov, a superstar level player, I'm interested. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's a ton of major options from the other teams, like from Calgary, I guess I would take Mangiopani. Um, yeah, I was going to say, or what about Steel? Backlund? I was looking at Backlund this, this, uh, for this week too. And I, I wasn't, I would take Backlund over Steel, I think. I think they're the same tier for me, probably. Yep. Um, yep. I think Backlund is safer, but Steele potentially has more upside. I think that's probably the way I'd look at it. Oh, you um, wild man. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the way I'm there looking you go. at it. That's how we does it, everybody. That's how we do it. All right, well, that's all we got for the episode. Hopefully it brought you some value, helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard today came from Natural Stat Trick, which you should definitely go check out. Many thanks to the band there there for supplying the music for the podcast. Make sure you're checking out their Spotify as well. And that's it, folks. Much love. Enjoy your week, everybody. Talk soon. 